Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. As we started with a small series of sermons on the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. So last week we talked about a couple of things about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And birth of Lord Jesus Christ helps us to understand the heart of God. And last week we realized God's affinity with mankind. How much God loves us. How much God likes us. The birth of Lord Jesus Christ tells us that God loves us. That's the reason he sent his son, only begotten son, to us. And today we are going to spend some time to understand the kind of affinity that God had towards mankind. The same God has enmity with Satan or against Satan. And today we are going to talk about it. And finally next week we are going to talk about God's plan for eternity. So affinity and enmity and eternity. These are the three titles of our sermons for last week and this week and the week coming. Today we spend a little time about trying to understand God's enmity against Satan. God's enmity against Satan. You know, remember that God is, is not a friend with devil. You know, sometimes people misunderstand. God is not a friend at all. God is a friend of us. But God is not a friend of the devil. He's the enemy of the devil. In the same way, we don't try to be friend with enemy. We don't try to develop friendship with the devil. We want to fight with him. We want, he is our enemy. He is our adversary. That's what scripture says. He is not at all our friend. He is our enemy. Now Christmas or the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ reminds us that God is at war against Satan. You know, you may wonder how Christmas talks about, how the birth of Lord Jesus Christ talks about God being in war with the enemy. That's what we are going to talk about today. God is at war with Satan. Christmas, as he said, not only tells us God's affinity towards mankind, it also tells us that God is at war with Satan. You know, by going through this, we can learn so much this morning. And this war is not just a war which starts and ends. You know, some of the war that's going on in this world today, it continues. It would have started 10 years back and 20 years back. And it is still just an ongoing war. The kind of war our God has with enemy, with Satan, it's an ongoing war. And you know, when it started, it started the day when Lucifer rebelled against God and he was pushed down from heaven. The war started on that day and the war is still continuing, the war that God has with Satan. So we are talking about God's enmity against Satan. So birth of Lord Jesus Christ was a major step, step in the progress of the war that God is making with the Satan. You know, scripture says Jesus came down to destroy the power of the devil. So that simply means God has come down, Jesus has come down to destroy the powers of darkness. So the war that God has started is still continuing. So every time when we celebrate Christmas, we are also reminded that God is at war with Satan. That's the reason Jesus came down to this world. Satan knew that. The one who is going to come, the Messiah, is going to crush his head. Satan knew that very well. You know, he tried all his best to make sure Jesus will not 
born on this earth. He tried his level best. It was a shock for him that Jesus was born on this earth. To all the mankind, Jesus was a savior. But for Satan, he was a destroyer. You know, as the angels appeared there in the heaven and singing joy and peace to the mankind, it became a great threat for the enemy and his kingdom that Jesus is born today. You know, when we celebrate the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, we are celebrating the defeat of the enemy. Not only we are celebrating that Jesus is born, we are also celebrating because the enemy is defeated. Every time when we think about the birth, there is also a defeat that follows for the enemy. He knew very well that Jesus has come down to crush his head. It was really a great shock. Not only for the enemy, not only for the devil, devil, for his entire kingdom that Jesus, you know, the kind of shock that came upon Herod, King Herod, it was just the same threat that came upon the kingdom of the devil. Now we are just going to talk about a couple of things that's very important. Satan's demise or Satan's death is not just going to happen all of a sudden. You know, some of the wars today just starts and it stays there for a couple of days and they will achieve whatever they are planning to achieve in those short period of time. But the war that started with the devil by God Almighty, it is an ongoing war. Things are not just going to happen all of a sudden. That means the end of Satan is not just going to come all of a sudden. It is going to take place stage by stage or it is already taking place in this world stage by stage. That stage by stage, he is time by time, time after time, you know, he is slowly losing his power. The enemy is slowly losing his power. That's what scripture says. He is just roaring, he is just roaming around us like a roaring lion. He is losing his strength. Scripture refers him, he is a very old serpent. He's not having the original strength that he had anymore. He's just pretending as if he is strong, but he is not strong. Because the war is happening along, uh, against Satan and it is taking place. That war is taking place, you know, one by one, stage after stage. Let's go through some of the, you know, scriptural details as we try to understand the kind of war that God has with Satan. First of all, as I said, the war started when Satan fell. When Lucifer well, that's the time when God started this war against the devil. You know, God did not just leave him. God pushed him down. God did not accept him. God, God did not just close his eyes and say that, okay, let him be there somehow. You know, one day he will come back. No, 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 no. God pushed him down completely. So the war started the day when he fell. And scripture says in the Garden of Eden, when man sinned, Jesus, as God, looked at the serpent and he promised the seed of man, the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman refers to Lord Jesus Christ. So it took place at the Garden of Eden. There was a promise made saying that Satan, your head will be crushed. And that continued at the cross. The judgment took place for Satan. Satan was judged at the cross. And eventually what is going to happen? During the time of tribulation, Satan is going to be thrown again down from the heaven completely with all his powers, with all his angels, fallen angels. And eventually before the millennium starts, Satan is going to be thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand long years. 
and eventually after the white throne judgment before the eternal eternity starts satan is going to be cast into the lake of fire you know the, the, the war that started on the day when Lucifer fell, it is going to end when Satan and all the fallen angels together, they are being thrown into the lake of fire, which will eventually yet to happen. Let's talk about Satan's fall. That's the place where the war started. You know, one point of time, some point of time, scripture says Lucifer was an anointed cherub. An anointed mighty angel. Anointed angel. He was serving God Almighty along with all the other angels. And suddenly, <laughs> Satan became jealous. You know, the nature of devil starts in someone's life first by jealousy, through jealousy. The moment we allow jealousy to come in our lives, that's where the evil nature starts. He became envious. He murmured against God. You know, before he outwardly, he spoke that he was just thinking within himself about God. How good it will be if everyone worship me. They are all worshiping God. If all the angels, if they join together and worship me, how good it will be. It was just a thought in his mind. And he became prideful. And eventually, that resulted in rebellion. That's what scripture says. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 14. There are two scripture portions that talk about the fall of Satan. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Let's read from <coughs> Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, scripture says, you have said in your heart, means you just thought, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. Satan thought in his mind, I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Scripture says the moment Satan thought in his mind that I will ascend above the heaven. <coughs> I will sit on the throne of God so that everybody will worship me the same way they are worshiping the most high. The moment he thought about that, scripture says he was pushed down into the Sheol. Let, let's take, go to the Ezekiel reference. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 through 17. Ezekiel 28, verse 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. Means he was a cherub anointed for protection, to protect the glory of God. I established you. You were on the holy, holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. You were just perfect all along until till iniquity was found in you. By the, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. 
from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because you are of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You know, scripture talks about the fall of demon, fall of Satan. The war began the day when he fell from the, from the presence of God. You know, from that point of time, God was not in favor of the devil. God was against devil. Let's go further. What happened in the Garden of Eden? God talked about the promised seed. If you can go with me to, or we have the screen, Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. God said, when enemy, when Satan came, you know, deceiving Adam and Eve, and causing them to fall into sin. God the Father walked in the cool of the day. And he was in search for Adam and Eve. And they were hiding themselves. And he had a conversation with Adam and Eve. And eventually God cursed the land in which they were created. God pronounced curse upon Adam and Eve. And also upon the serpent. And when he was pronouncing his curse over upon the serpent... And this is what God said as we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Let's read that. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15, that's important. And I will put enmity between you and the women. We are talking about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. Revealing, telling us that God is an enmity against Satan. And that promise was given in the Garden of Eden. I will put enmity between you, between Satan, you and the women. And between your seed and her seed. Her seed refers to Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, Jesus shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Jesus shall bruise your head. Uh, sorry, bruise your head. That means your head will be crushed. That is a major destruction. But you can just only bruise his heel. That simply means Satan can just throw a little you know, trouble in our lives, but he cannot destroy us because Jesus took the victory. Satan is powerful. Yes, he is. But all the ultimate power is with Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason scripture says he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. You know, since then, the moment the seed was promised, since then Satan was on lookout for that seed. You know, he was very afraid because God said, the seed of the woman will come and he's going to crush your head. Satan was literally, he was very afraid. Every generation he was looking out for that seed. In Genesis 4, Adam gave birth to Cain and Abel. Satan, was, Satan looked at both of them and he couldn't decide who is the seed that God promised. He made a wrong assumption there and he thought maybe Abel may be the seed and he may crush my head and he worked in the life of Cain and made Cain to kill Abel. But then Satan could not succeed there. In Genesis 6, Satan corrupted the entire world. The only reason is he had to prevent the seed from coming to this world. So he corrupted the entire world and he thought God is going to destroy everybody. This get destroyed. That's what Satan's assumption. But then Satan was wrong. There was a righteous man by name Noah. So God preserved him. 
And the scripture continues, the story continues. Abraham said, through his seed, God is going to bless the nation. So now Satan decided, Abraham is the person. I need to destroy him so that the seed will not come. And he entered into Sarai. And he, she, he said, Sarah, why don't you suggest Abraham about Hagar? Just make Hagar to get into Abraham so that he, you know, he was just very clever. And you know what? He succeeded a little bit because Hagar gave birth. And that's the trouble today. He succeeded a little bit, but then he couldn't identify the seed. That was not the seed that God promised. And Abraham such a, was such a righteous man and he could go further and he could do something about that seed on the day. And the history continues in the book of Esther. He made King Agasuerus to make a decree saying that all the children of Israel will be killed. All the children of Israel will be killed. Esther was a righteous woman there. She was standing in the gap between the children of Israel and God. And Satan's plan could not continue. And throughout in many instances in the Old Testament, if you see, Satan was trying to prevent that seed from coming into this world. And now when you come back to the New Testament, when the seed was born, when Jesus was born, Satan was still continuing to try his best to destroy that seed. He went to, into the mind of Herod and he commanded, decreed all the boy babies to be killed. And Satan thought Jesus will eventually be killed. No, but God appeared to Joseph and spoke to him. Just flee out of Egypt, flee out of Israel and go to Egypt. And he obeyed. So Satan could not destroy. Satan brought three temptations to the Lord God and said, probably Jesus is going to jump from the, 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 the above and he is going to get you know, himself killed. Satan tried all his best that Jesus will disobey God. So that Jesus cannot be that seed. Jesus will lose his power. He tried to tempt, tempt him. But Jesus succeeded. But if you remember when Jesus told his disciples about the death. The kind of death that he is going to get. He is going to face. Peter came to Lord Jesus. He had such a great compassion to, Peter, uh, to Jesus. He said, Lord, <laughs> such a death should not happen to you. Do you remember what Jesus said? Get me behind Satan. Get me behind Satan, even through Peter, Satan came tempting Jesus. Probably Jesus can think, no, probably I need escape from such a cruel death at the cross. If Jesus would have thought that for a moment, Satan would have got succeeded. Satan's head would not have been crushed. But Jesus identified Satan immediately. And he said, Peter, he didn't even say, Peter, Satan, get me behind. And when Satan could not do that, Satan tried all his best. To prevent Jesus from going to the cross. He entered into the mind of Judas. And he tried to do things there. And eventually, Jesus was put to death. Or Jesus died. He gave his life. When he died at the cross, Satan was jumping all around it. Thinking that Jesus is put to death. And he cannot crush his head anymore. But he did not realize the work that was happening at the time of his death at the cross. And at the time of his resurrection, Jesus rose from the dead. So the war that started when the, at the fall of, in the fall of the angel Lucifer, it's still continuing. And at the cross, what really happened? Judgment is what happened at the cross. 
Satan was judged at the cross. I want to take you through a couple of scriptures. Let's read from 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, 8. Now it's very interesting to you know, understand the kind of war that is taking place between God and Satan. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is not is of the devil, is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus appeared in order to destroy the works of the devil. That's what scripture says. If you can continue to read Colossians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15. Colossians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15. Paul writes saying, he brings a great revelation here about what was really going on at the cross. Christ, by giving himself at the cross, dying at the cross, he disarmed Satan at the cross. That means his power is stripped off. His power is completely removed. That's the reason I said he is not just as powerful, powerful as he was in the Garden of Eden. He lost his power because Jesus disarmed Satan at the cross. Scripture says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. All our sin was standing between us and God and every time condemning us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And verse 14 says, and having disarmed, means removing all the arms, the power that Satan has. Jesus disarmed everything, the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. You know, he stripped off Satan completely at the cross and he put Satan there so that everybody can just look at Satan and tease him. Saying that, Satan, you lost your power at the cross when Jesus, what he did at the cross. He made Satan as a public spectacle, triumphing over them by us. So Jesus disarmed Satan at the cross. John chapter 16. John chapter 16 verses 10 and 11. Scripture says, Jesus says, because I go to my father and you see me no more because I'm going to my father. And verse 11 says, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is judged. Who is the ruler of this world? Satan. He was judged at the cross. Satan was condemned at the cross. Satan was condemned saying that he is the reason. He is a culprit. He is a criminal. He was condemned at the cross. The legal judgment on Satan was passed at the cross. Now I want to talk about a little bit about the legal system that we have even in Canada today. You know, when a bill is proposed, maybe by a minister or maybe by a party, when a bill is proposed and that bill is made to a law in the legislative assembly, the proposed bill becomes a law in the legislative assembly and this law will be further implemented by the law enforcement agencies like RCMP, border security and various other law enforcement agencies they will implement this law which was a bill at some point of time and when it is passed in the legislation in the, in the assembly and then becomes a law and that law will be implemented by the law implementation or enforcement agencies 
You know, exactly that's what took place in the life of Satan. That's what we need to understand. The bill was passed in the Garden of Eden on Satan, saying that the seed of the woman will come and he will crush your head. The bill was passed, the bill was made or passed in the Garden of Eden. And it became a law when Jesus was hanging at the cross. The bill was proposed at the Garden of Eden and it became a law when Jesus was hanging at the cross. And when the law was there, law is there, Satan was judged. Because the law, it has become a law. It was a proposal that God said at the Garden of Eden. Of course, it was God. So it was law by itself because there is no one else to approve that law, approve that proposal. But it became a law eventually at the cross when Jesus was hanging at the cross. <clears throat> and Satan was judged against the law. Now, that law needs to be implemented. So last 2,000 years since his, since his death and the resurrection, that law has been getting implemented. It is not fully implemented yet. It will be implemented finally when Satan and the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's the time finally the law will be implemented. You know, that's the reason Satan has power even today. People have with, you know, come with the question, you say that everything is done at the cross. Then why Satan is still powerful? So only the law is made at the cross. The decision is made at the cross. And it has to be implemented. And who will implement that law? The ministers are not going to come and implement the law. The, 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 the assembly is not going to come and implement the law. Who will implement? The law enforcement agencies. RCMP will implement the law. And today, God wants you and I to implement the law. Because the law is already made at the cross. When you stand and pray in the name of Jesus, you take victory over the devil. Why? How? Because we are implementing the law. We are the enforcement agencies of God. The church is the law enforcement agency of God. You know, Satan was made powerless at the cross. But he still shows his power a little bit here and there. Why? Because the ultimately, it is the law is not fully enforced yet. And one day it will be enforced. And he will lose all his power eventually and he will die. In Hebrew, chapter 2, we read a precious, wonderful scripture there. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Devil has the power of death. That death refers to the eternal death in hell. Devil has power, but God might destroy his work at the cross. That was done at the cross. The war still continues. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, 7 to 12. Revelation chapter 12. I'll be done in another five minutes. Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> Listen to this. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. So there is a war. This is yet to happen. This will happen after rapture. During the second half of the tribulation period, this is, what is, this is going to happen. And verse 8 says, But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Satan could not prevail. 
Verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then he heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God, day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the, to the death. You know, Satan and his angels were cast down from heaven the mid of the tribulation period. Now here we have Antichrist and all this angel, the, the devilish power, the satanic power is going to get into Antichrist. And he is going to destroy, he is going to persecute the remnant, those who are left out during the time of tribulation. So there is going to be a war in heaven between Michael and his angels and Satan and his angels. And Satan could not prevail. Michael took the victory and Satan along with the company of the angels was pushed down into this earth. Now let's take it to the final level. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 1, 2, 3. The final but one. Now, after seven years of tribulation, Lord God is planning to come down to this earth to set up the thousand years reign on this earth. Now Satan is here on this earth, entered into the, into, into the Antichrist and torturing all the people who are still trying to live godly. And now God Almighty is going to set up the thousand years reign. And you know this is what God is going to do. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Revelation 20 verse 1. Verse 2. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nation no more, till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So Satan's war, God's war on Satan continues, and Satan is going to be bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then he will be released for a while. And then takes place the white throne judgment. The judgment of God that we find in verse 10. That's a, Satan's ultimatum. Satan's ultimate destination is going to be defined right there in verse 10. Revelation 20. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You know, that's going to be the ultimate end of Satan. There is no more Satan. We are talking about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, reminding us that God is at enmity with or against Satan. And there is a caution here. The lake of fire was not really created for people. It was created for Satan and the fallen angels. But scripture also says those who reject Jesus Christ will also be thrown into the same lake of fire. You know, that's why it is important that we need to preach the gospel today. That's why it is important what we did yesterday night. That's why it is important to tell someone about Jesus Christ because we don't want them to go into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter, same chapter, verse 15. Scripture says very clearly, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
When our names will be written in the book of life? When we give our lives to Jesus. When we ask him to wash our lives with his blood. When we allow him to come into our life, that's the time our name is written in the book of life. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Chapter 20, Revelation, is the gospel that we need to preach to the people around us. Sit with them. Take them through the Revelation 20 and teach them what is written there. You know, that will speak to them. That will change their life. It is a great threat that God gave to Satan as he was born in this world. And today, let it not become a threat for you and me. We need to be found, our names to be found, written in the book of life. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.